Beneath the pristine and proper streets of the progressive city of Portland, Oregon, are buried tunnels with a shady history. They were once used for moving goods from the waterfront to the stores without having to crowd the attractive streets. However, those goods vary greatly from foreign goods to locally caught and imprisoned slaves. The true depths of Portland's tunnels are being buried under simplification and shame by those afraid to unveil the history of what their business and the city of Portland is really built on, which is a lucrative white and sex slave trade, as well as the ongoing opium war with China. So let's explore the real reason these tunnels were built and how they helped Portland grow into the charming cosmopolitan it is today. I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. Before we dive into this week's episode, I have a special announcement. I'm excited and honored to announce the newest member of True Crime Guys Productions, my friend and recording artist, IB. His info with links to his Patreon and Spotify are in the description of this episode. I'm gonna go ahead and give you a taste right now. I present to you the very first musical intro for Strange and Unexplained, written and performed by IB. Enjoy. To the back, along with that stack. And you, stop crying. Lie in darkness, because there ain't no map. Just a bunch of tunnels that lead you right back to where we at. This is clearly a trap. I knocked you unconscious. This is no time to nap. <laughs> you thought this was for beauty. You thought this was for show. If you're coming down this tunnel, you don't know where you may go. You thought this was for beauty, you thought this was for show If you coming down this tunnel, you don't know where you may go Men and women live naive when that liquor starts to flow This helps build my revenue, Shanghai moved low In this chariot we swing as your little children grow We just hoping for some more as we capture all your souls You thought this was for beauty, you thought this was for show Another just got sold and him, he was too old You thought this was for beauty, you thought this was for show If you coming down this tunnel, you don't was for show, call it Shanghai, as you're my underground moles, molded corpses never shown in places clear as stone, this is where the demons roam, you thought this was for beauty, you thought this was for show, another just got sold, and him, he was too old, you thought this was for beauty, you thought this was for show, if you coming down this tunnel, you don't know where to go, you thought this was for beauty, you thought this was for show, men and women live naive, when that liquor starts to flow, if you coming down this tunnel, you don't know where you may
Okay, so if you're like me, you have to ask yourself, why build these tunnels in the first place, if not for nefarious reasons? Initially, these tunnels were intended to prevent flooding by helping the water move from the city to the ocean where the tunnels would end. Many people now claim that the tunnels were intended to provide passage directly from the waterfront to the many basements and storerooms of the town's businesses, keeping large wagons and filthy horses from having to block and pollute the town's bustling and charming streets to unload their deliveries or otherwise just being eyesores, you know, for the upper class. During the late 1800s to early 1900s, Portland was known as the world's most dangerous port, and for damn good reasons. The harsh reality is that they were built to smuggle people, drugs, alcohol, and generally any illegal activity you could think of. The tunnels were filled with speakeasies, opium dens, brothels, and bare-knuckle fight clubs. It was a holding cell for shanghai men and a torture room for breaking women into submission. This illegal activity allowed the town to thrive and grow exponentially, and since it is a freshwater port in the Pacific Northwest, it thrived easily. Captains and crews welcomed the cool fresh waters of the port, as it gave boats a reprieve from the corrosive and harsh waters of the ocean. During this time in most of Western America, the alluring dreams of the gold rush were still on the minds of many men, looking to change their fortunes. Nonetheless, the real thriving business at the time was that of imports and exports. However, a six-year journey trapped on the open ocean with limited provisions and a ship full of criminal men didn't exactly seem to be a career that a lot of men aspired to. Although honest work, most of the time, being on the crew of a ship was often for seedier types, as it was necessary to survive situations that you'd be presented with at sea. That being said, getting men to leave the chance of a lifetime for a few years of shitty pay with terrible working conditions and felony crewmates were not really working for most job recruiters in the area. <laughs> so they resorted to a more effective way of recruiting workers. The term Shanghai was first recorded in 1871 and defined as a way of kidnapping and drugging able-bodied men who were then forced into work aboard ships or be thrown overboard. This job offer was rarely declined as you can imagine. Kind of an offer you can't refuse, if you feel me. And if you did decline, you were considered a stowaway, and the captain had every right to throw you off the damn ship. Shanghai was usually the farthest destination for most of the ships departing the ports in Portland. The illegal import of opium had recently skyrocketed, and with Britain taking control of Hong Kong, that opened up the previously closed ports of China to smugglers worldwide. It would then turn about face and head back to the American ports, and if you survive the return ship, you may get your freedom back. These men were oftentimes just young teenagers who had traveled west in hopes of fortune and looking for a good time in bars and restaurants and whatnot. The trouble is, these bars and restaurants were used as covers for the slave trading industry. Often, the trap doors for these tunnels would be down a dead-end alley or right out in the open floor of the bar. The floor would open up and men would disappear underneath. Now how do you pull all of this off without being found out? Well, the bars were set up so that when men came in, they would get everyone there drunk beyond reason. I'm sure free alcohol was a big draw. So not only are the victims drunk, so is any witness that sees what happens. And they are therefore no longer a reliable witness, as you can imagine. When the police show up, you are so drunk you can barely stand saying some guy got swallowed up by the floor of the bar in broad daylight, no less, you seem a little crazy, especially since most of the law enforcement in the area was already being paid off anyway. In order to keep the newly captured men from escaping, they had a plan as well once they were down in the tunnels. When they dropped into the tunnels, their shoes were removed, 
and they were crammed into small holding cells, typically with several other semi-conscious men who suffered the same misfortune. Some legends mention that men were so crowded in the small cells that they suffocated to death. The Shanghaiers had covered the hallway floors in broken glass as well, and would use the blood trails to track down anyone who tried to escape. There were many horror stories born from those stories, both of actual events and, of course, some exaggerated myth. One story mentions several men who were guarding a prisoner and mistaking the upstairs funeral homes involving bombing chemicals for alcohol, and they actually ingested the poison. When their, man bo- when their main boss comes by, he sees all the men dead and sells their bodies to a captain, saying that they were just heavily sedated. <laughs> Incredible. It was the job of the hired smugglers or thugs to drug the men long enough so that the ship could be taken into open waters, taking away all hope for the men. And then when they finally came to, they would be forced to work on the ship. At the beginning of the operation, there were a lot of overdoses and selling of already dead men. This resulted in the invention of knockout drops. They could be easily added to drinks or food and were able to be portioned out based on the intended victim's size. Now each man sold for roughly $50 to $55, which is quite a bit of money in the early 1900s, I might so add. Some of the con men took the dirty work that was Shanghaiing even a step further by Shanghaiing ships' crews right as they came into the port. They would approach a captain and offer protection for their crew, and if the captain declined, his crew would be captured and ransomed back to him. Sometimes the men did wake up before the ships broke the barrier, and hoping they still had a chance, kidnapped men would try to attempt to jump overboard and swim ashore, but there were no accounts of any of them ever making it. Many of them faced an even darker fate, as those who were enslaved were often considered disposable, and in times of great desperation, the men were chosen to be offered up as food for the remaining crew. Some estimate that the number of men shanghaied each year was up to about 3,000. Women were never shanghaied. Nonetheless, they were still victims of Portland's dark, seedy underbelly. Women were brought into the tunnels, through many of the brothels usually, They would be shoved into cold, empty cells as small as 4 by 4 feet. They would be left there in the dark and in the silence. Their handlers tried their best to avoid physical punishment, generally as the girls were considered merchandise, and they wanted to make sure that they got top dollar for each body. Many of these women were often placed on ships or wagons and hauled off to other towns or countries to work, never to be seen or heard from again. During the years of the Prohibition, the tunnels were transformed into speakeasies, and used to smuggle bootleg brews to all the areas of the city. Opium dens were another frequent use for the tunnels. These were often areas of the tunnels built under restaurants and lined with bunks. You could buy and use the drug right there on the spot. One man in particular helped to shed light on these sleazy shafts and their part in building Portland. Michael P. Jones. Jones is a Portland native. He had his first brush with the tunnels as a boy. He was introduced by a stranger he met. He followed the man into the dark stairwell in an abandoned building, and with a small box of matches, he stepped back 90 years. Let me stop right here and be like, what the fuck were you thinking, kid? You're just a boy, and you're following a grown-ass man down in some time? Don't do that, okay? Just for future reference. Jones began to obsessively explore the tunnels, though, and he was collecting stories 
and witness accounts, tracking down anyone and everyone he could find that was affected by the tunnels. Jones went on to retell many lost stories over the years, and even taught about Portland's buried past in a continuing education course at Portland State University. He also led tours into the tunnels through a restaurant known as Hobo's Restaurant. It was originally a saloon that was used for Shanghai. The tours continue now, but of course are on hold presently due to COVID-19. But in March of 2020, Jones passed away, but not before bringing to light what so many have tried to bury. Most of the tunnel system now serves as a storage for the businesses to operate above. Other than the tours, of course, the tunnels have been shut down since the mid-1970s, when the local government started blocking them off. This was blamed on homelessness and vagrants. The tunnels became hotspots for pop-up meth labs. But for the most part, the only way to access the tunnels now is through a privately owned business. Now, in the year 2021, Portland is building tunnels under its grounds again, believe it or not. But at least this time, these tunnels are being built to improve the environmental impact of the city, guys. The massive infrastructure is purposed with water treatment operations in and around Portland. And it will also help with the future of catastrophic flooding, which is exactly what they said about the original tunnels. I think somebody just wants to open them back up, right? Somebody misses the good old days. <laughs> the six-mile tunnel sits over 100 feet deep and is over, and is over a 20-year project expected to cost the city over a billion dollars. But the hope is that it will save numerous lives and prevent damage from floodwaters by redirecting the water through the sewers and into the big tunnel. So, the seedy history of Portland Underground may be littered with evil and inhumane acts, but this new underground system hopes to clean up and save the city from any future disasters. But like I said, isn't that exactly why the first tunnels were built? I just think anytime you have tunnels, any type of space away where you can travel out of sight, nefarious things are going to happen there. Right? Am I being naive? Am I, am I being paranoid? I feel like you're being naive if you think these tunnels aren't being used for nefarious things. Always. Just by nature. It's a tunnel. Anyways. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed this case. Uh, this was surprising to me. And another thing you'll I find found surprising is that uh, how many people are really trying to cover this up? Uh, I mean, for obvious reasons. But it's just no secret anymore. I don't get why people are surprised um, when metropolitan areas areas have dark, shady paths. They got ahead for a reason, right? <laughs> they got ahead for a reason. And this type of thing, it, it happens all over the world. It happens all over the world. And is still happening. So... Yeah, but we'll we'll we're trying to cover that as much as we can, right? These missing persons, a lot of these cases, these unknown cases, who knows? They could be linked to human trafficking as well. So we have to keep an eye on these lesser known cases, these unsolved missing persons, and that's what we try to do here on Strange and Unexplained. You guys know that. But that is the dark and seedy past of the Portland Shanghai tunnels. Only one thing left to do, check in with Lauren in this week's Lauren Synopsis. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren's synopsis. Breaking down the case like. Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren's synopsis. Breaking down the case like. Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren's synopsis. Breaking down the case like. 
Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes What's up, people? Orin here, here to get my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained, the Shanghai Tunnels of Portland, Oregon, uh, a tale which fascinates me uh, and also terrifies me. Uh, most articles you read will lead you to believe that it's more fiction than fact. I tend to believe it's more fic- fact than fiction, to be honest with you. Um, these are stories of the Shanghai port in Portland, Oregon, which was uh, a convenient location for uh, commerce and shipping. Um, These ships would come in, dock there, and kidnappers, as legend has it, would sell the men to ship uh, ship captains desperate for crewmen in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Um, There's these tunnels that go under hotels and bars, and these, uh, you know, uh, drifters and homeless people would be drugged and sold to the captains of these ships for basically slave labor. Um, it's supposedly more, uh, folklore than anything else. I don't buy it. I think there's more human trafficking going on, uh, throughout history than people care to admit. Um, that's because most of the time powerful people are at the helm of it and want to protect it. I think it's still going on today. If you really look, if you just go on Google and you really look, it doesn't make it in mainstream news quite enough, unfortunately, but powerful people more often than not, will take advantage of people below them for their own financial gain almost every time. It's, it's a sad fact of life that you, you get confronted with more and more as you get older when you look into how things operate, the way things work, the way that corporations, the bigger they get, the more they take advantage of everybody, their own employees included, uh, the way that governments govern quote-unquote, over their people, over their populations, acting as though they have the best interest of people, uh, the citizens of their countries in mind, when more often than not they're lying to them. Um, I, I just think this is just another example of something being swept under the rug when you look at the, the mainstream uh, take on it. It's, oh, this is folklore and whatnot. But there's a lot of people that have a lot of crazy stories in regards to this, and there's there's some definitely weird things about these tunnels and it makes a whole lot of sense if you think about it you know free labor Um, and we've seen time and time again serial killers get away with killing countless people because they were either you know homosexual or they were uh, homeless or they were sex workers whatever it was you know in the past their disappearances were not investigated uh, like other people's disappearances were and I think there's a bit of covering up that's been done over the years to protect people that were high up in the city of Portland uh, who were behind this. That's why, to this day, it's it's really uh, kind of covered up because those people's names would be, uh, you know, smeared forever, potentially. But, yeah, I think it's I think it's fact. I think it's fascinating. Um, I wouldn't mind going and doing the, uh, taking a walk around these tunnels. It'd be pretty creepy. I hear there's even a uh, paranormal uh, element to it as well, which... I don't necessarily believe in, but would just make it that much more exciting to walk around in those tunnels. But yeah, it sounds like a horrible thing to have happen to you, for sure. You're hanging out at a pub or walking through an alley, and next thing you know, you're on a, a ship, and you're told, sign this document, basically signing away your rights, or you, you, you get thrown overboard and die. Uh, and you basically just become a slave to the uh, captain of the ship for however long. Um, 
it's interesting. Um, I don't know that we'll ever know how, how much truth there is to it, but I enjoyed studying it nonetheless. And I hope you guys enjoyed my take. Uh, yeah, that's all I got for you. See you next week. All right, Lauren, thank you so much for that synopsis, sir. Excellent, as always. And I tend to agree with Lauren. Um, I think something like this, something that looks bad on an area, something that looks bad on a city, um, I think nine times out of ten, these things tend to be true. I don't think there's any uh, arguing that these tunnels were used for nefarious things. And you really can't convince me that these new tunnels won't be used for nefarious things. Now, to what extent? I don't know. We don't know. But you can only imagine right? You know humanity. You listen to true crime. You know what kind of shit's out there. Do I have to explain it to you? I don't think so. I don't think so. You guys get it. Just like all my lovely patrons at patreon.com slash podcast. I want to welcome three new patrons that have joined this week. Ann Hillsborough, Oliver Siebert, and Megan Rosick. Thank you guys so much for joining Patreon. Patreon is climbing. The Sandu fam is growing. Guys, I love, I love interacting with people on Patreon. Uh, that's just where it's at, guys. That's where we put the most content. Every Monday, we have a show called Strange Shorts. Every other Saturday, um, and this is just on a $3 tier, every other Saturday, we release a show called Higher Thoughts, which is just a fun palate cleanser from true crime, as you can imagine. And then on every fourth Wednesday, no, I'm sorry, every fourth Thursday, Instead of a episode here on the free platform, which I'm sure most of you, um, if you haven't joined Patreon, you realize that there is a week that I skip every month. I'm not skipping it. That's when we release Sandu Stories, which is our heavily produced cinematic audio experience. We like to call it um, like a radio, like an old time radio show, but kind of brought up to newer standards, you know, and sound quality, and it's digital. You guys, you guys get it, okay? Anyways, that's patreon.com slash podcast. And also, real quick, if you guys enjoyed the intro, which I'm sure you did, it was absolutely amazing. Super excited to have IB on board here in True Crime Guys Productions. You're going to be hearing a lot more from him. Um, our plan really is for IB to be the intro maker for Strange and Unexplained. And he also be scoring and providing... Um, theatrical music and transitions and whatnot for Sandu stories as well. And, you know, my fellow partakes as well as I do. So, you know, we might get in on the higher thoughts together. So we'll see how it goes. But Ivy is fitting in great. He's been a great asset to the TCG family, and I know you guys are going to love his work. Like I said before the intro, you can find links to all of his music, his Patreon, his Spotify, YouTube, merch, all of that stuff right below this episode guys go support another amazing independent artist okay which i don't have to tell you guys because obviously here you are listening to our little indie podcast strange and unexplained speaking of uh if you guys haven't please uh subscribe tell your friends leave a review if whatever platform you listen on allows you to leave a review that's great that really helps new listeners find the show and it's also great feedback for us as podcast hosts. We appreciate that very, very much. Even though the reviews don't matter, it still matters to podcast hosts, even if they don't want to admit it. <laughs> but I want to thank you guys so much, so much for listening. 
And I will see you guys on Monday if you're a Patreon for a new Strange Shorts. And uh, if not, then I'll see you guys on Monday, next Monday, for another freebie. All right? Remember, guys, be strange. Just don't be strangers. You thought this was for booty. You thought this was for show. <laughs> yeah! That was dope, man. Oh. See all of that right there? You can take all that out, right? Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs>